forever. Dog. Just between us. Hey. Just between us. Hey. Hello, I'm Allison Raskin. I'm a writer, mental health advocate, and wearer of a permanent retainer on my bottom teeth. Hi, I'm Gabby Dunn. I'm a writer, bicon, bisexual icon, weak, and I also have one. Really? Yeah. Do you get food stuck in it just all the time? Yes, but I have these special toothpicks for it. What? Yeah, I'll show what you. Co- what kind? They've got little little things on them, the edge of them. I don't know. <sighs> I'll show you. Sometimes it just derails my whole day when I get something stuck in my bar. The bar. Why do we have... Was that a thing for people our age? Yeah. Like, they don't do it really anymore. Oh, they don't? I don't think so, because my dentist is always surprised. Really? Yeah. Oh, they'll always be like, good work on your on keeping that clean. <laughs> Can I tell you a funny story that someone wrote to me, that a listener of this podcast? Oh, please. So this person wrote in and said that they're dating a, a straight guy. Uh-huh. And that they listen to the podcast together and the straight guy like loves the podcast and listens, whatever. And then said that, uh, so I have a question. Sorry, like, I know it's stupid. Don't make fun of me. But like, what's a wink? And the person was like, what? And he was like a wink. Like, what's a wink? Like bisexual icon wink. Like, I know what a twink is, but what's a wink? <laughs> and she was like, oh, um, no, she's just saying wink. <laughs> But he was trying so hard to be inclusive. (laughs) That's amazing. It's so cute. This is like, I remember this story that that my ex told me my ex worked at like a tailor shop for Mm -hmm. like for like suits for like weddings. (laughs) And this person came in who was like an AFAB non-binary person came in and they were getting married to a cis straight man. But because the suit shop was like queer, they came in and my partner at the time was like, hey, I'm X, Y, Z. My pronouns are she, her. And the non-binary person was like, hey, my name is X, Y, Z. My pronouns are they, them. And then then the (laughs) cis straight fiance goes, hi, I'm Zach. I'm straight. (laughs) (laughs) They were like, what? And he was like, yeah, yeah, straight guy. And then they were like, no, honey, like, what are your pronouns? And I was like, he's really trying, though. You have to give it to him. He's really trying. That's amazing. It was very cute. I do wonder sometimes. I feel like there is now, like, it feels scary to ask certain questions. What do you mean? I mean, those guys just went for it. The one guy asked a question. The other guy just did what he yeah. thought he should do. But that was like, sometimes like I have certain questions about things that I feel like I will be attacked just for asking. What are they? Ask them. I guess my question is of like certain the use of certain terms. Yeah. Of like BIPOC. Yeah. Like, is that a bad term? You're not going to find a monolithic answer from the community because like people are like, oh, this is what people want. And then you'll hear from other people saying, no, that's not what we want. Some people I think are do use it and want it and other people uh, have their issues with it. It's also like Latinx, too. I've heard some pushback on where people are, are saying that they don't really 
identify with or want the use or find problems with, you know, they find problems with the use of Latinx versus like then for a while that was like really accepted. There's even discourse about the word queer. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're never going to find something that everybody agrees on. So you just have to decide like whose opinion you really care about, (laughs) to be honest. But with something like that, it's like, how can I decide that? I'm not part of that community. You can just do your best. Like, yeah. And also sometimes if someone is like, hey, I'm not comfortable with that, then you change how you do it around them. But like, but for me, like, you know, I'm a writer. So like yeah. in my book, like, what do I use? Do you know, like certain things like that? Like, yeah, it's hard. And then I sometimes I'm like, then I feel like if I were to ask, it's like, no, you can ask. You could tweet like, hey, how do people feel about the use of the term BIPOC? I'm writing a book. How do people feel? I think, is that okay yes! to ask? I don't know. I think people would genuinely like, give you their thoughts on it. They'll probably write into this. Like people, it's better to ask than to just like assume. And that's definitely where I come from is I'm like, it is better to ask. But then I know that there is also this sense of like, it's not on other people to explain things to you and you should be able to do your own research. And so, you know, for your book, I would say hire a sensitivity reader. Yeah, we have one. Yeah. So you're paying someone for their time and their labor. That's great. And then also, if it's Twitter, they have the ability to write back or not write back. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, you're not like cornering Melissa and being like, what do you think about this? Like, (laughs) on Twitter, someone can choose if they want to spend the time or not spend the time. In, In terms of if someone asks questions about queerness, like, that's how I feel about it. Like, pay someone to tell you or ask in a place where like people can decide if they want to engage with it or not. Um, You know, there's a lot of stuff that seems inclusive and that you could run across on social media. And then without asking other people, you would just say, oh, that's what we should use. And then and then you don't realize that it's actually like not the best. Like there's a lot of discourse about the use of uh, women with an X. I've never even seen that. Let me tell you how lucky you are not to be in the world of queer discourse. (laughs) It's a firestorm every day. So basically, like it's it started out being inclusive, but then it's alienating because if you mean women, just say women like people would be like, well, the X shows that we are for women and trans women. And it's like, then just no, then just say women. Why are you being weird? Yeah. Where would the X go? <laughs> what if I was like in the beginning? Zimmon. No, it goes where the E is. And then oh. some other people are like, well, I find it feminist because I'm taking the men out of the word women. And it's like, okay, but that's oh. not real. Like, whatever. So there's just certain things that, like, you, you kind of, if you think about it for a second, you're like, this is a transphobic dog whistle. I, my gut is telling me. And so, you know, and I think there's all this stuff about like doing like things that say like posters that are like for women and non-binary people, for women, women with an X and non-binary people. And to me, a lot of times I'm like, are you just saying that AFAB non-binary people are basically women? Like, what do you mean by that? So I think like there is stuff that you might see as not being part, if if you're not part of the community, you see it and you go, oh, well, people are using it. So that's what I should use. I think it is totally reasonable to ask and be like, why are you doing that? Why Mm -hmm. are you saying BIPOC all of a sudden? Why are you, why do you use Latinx? Like, and then Mm -hmm. sometimes people will be like, we actually don't like it. It's just a thing that white people have started doing. Got it. No, thank you. It's something I've, I've been feeling anxious about. Oh, it's just like figuring out where it came from, right? Because so Mm -hmm. many times you're like, oh, this is the right way. And then it's just like some white person said it. (laughs) And you're like, totally. okay, then. I mean, also, I always find it 
I mean, I'm white, so, but I always find it better to be specific. If you mean black women, say black women. Don't say like women of color. That is a community in what sense? Like Asian women have different problems than black women have different problems than Latinas. Like if you mean Latina, say Latina. If you mean black woman, say black woman. Like it's so weird to me. It feels very othering to be like, and all the people of color, you know what I mean? If you're talking about a community, talk about that community. That's my thought. But sometimes you're talking about in terms of the context of my book and in terms of it, it's like mental health historically has been aimed and created for white people and has been exclusionary of non-white people. Yes. To me, I would write black and brown people because I feel like the Asian community is a whole separate community. But they've also been excluded from mental the health. Do you know what I mean? Every, like literally everybody other than white people have been excluded from mental health research. <sighs> That's so is that what you're is that what you're finding? Well, it's just the truth. Like it's just a Eurocentric, like the history of mental health. There's been a lot of strides made. There's a lot of like multicultural counseling that's like more recent that's been happening. And, you know, but the history of this field is white centric. And all the studies I've had, like, it's so wild that they'll be like, and this study proves that people X, Y, and Z. And then you'll be like, what people? Which people? And so, you know, and so I want it like, you know, there's like a note to the reader at the beginning of the book that's basically like acknowledging the fact that the history of this field is very white centric. Yeah. And so then using the like, what's the right language to acknowledge? You know what I mean? So that's sort of like that led me to this thing of like knowing that BIPOC is like is controversial. But then like, what is the right terminology to use? Well, hey, you know what I mean? Listeners. Write in if you want to, if you feel like I don't want to do that. And also you have a sensitivity reader. So that person's job is to like, let you know. On my own, I'm adding a consultant, one of my old professors. I'm having her consult too. It just sort of like brought up this idea of like, I felt kind of trapped in not knowing how to even ask about it. I didn't know like the appropriate way to even ask. I think it's better to ask. Yeah. To me. No, but I think like, you bring up a good point of like bringing it up in a Twitter way of like versus just like asking a specific person Correct. and being like, I expect you to answer this of me versus like me tweeting one thing out and being like, if you have the time and you feel like it, if you would like to let me know your thoughts, that would be wonderful. Do you know what it's I mean? It's also hard because I think people feel entitled sometimes and like I just don't answer like someone I have not spoken to since the eighth grade <laughs> messaged me on Instagram to ask why I have they in my pronouns. And they were like very kind. And they were like, I just don't understand it. And like, I'm really open to understanding it. And I just like need to know. And in my head, I was like, hi, how have you been since the eighth grade? Like, what's going? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I feel like yeah. I just ignored it. That to me was like, Google it. Yeah. Like, we're not friends. You're not paying me. And like, you didn't, a- you didn't say like, Hey, how how have you been? Like, what's going on in your life? Like, you ju- you know what I mean? Like, that to me was the mm-hmm. wrong way to do that. Because it's just hard because sometimes with Google, it's like something like that. Like, it's, it's so It's so nuanced mm-hmm. and like you're going to get so many different results. And like, you know, right. like it's kind of, but it's hard. It's because it's just like, I think a lot of people have good intentions and we're trying to do our best. It's just like, dif- it's difficult. What you should do, Allison, is find someone you haven't talked to since eighth grade. <laughs> and then send them a DM. <laughs> And don't ask how they are. (laughs) And be like, what is the correct terminology to use? 
Well, this is just between us, a variety show filled with heartfelt advice, ridiculous games, and brutal honesty. And this week, we have an amazing guest. We're going to be talking to Brie Esrig all about sex work and um, and our own little, our own gossip. We're going to spill some some tea. Do we? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess we do. <laughs> Stick around after the break. Welcome back to Just Between Us. It's time for the juiciest, most scandalous, controversial segment known to all of podcasting. Tough questions. This week on the show, we have Brie Esrig, who is just a, a very good friend of ours who we love very much uh, and is a sketch comedian, but also does foot modeling, kink, fetish, all that kind of stuff combines is into just a, cre- a whirlwind of creativity. <laughs> Hi, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for introducing it in such a fun way. That's definitely not going to make people curious at all. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like to create suspense. <laughs> Love it. So Love we it. actually quite wanted to have you on the show to, to talk about what you like, the, the sort of the transition that you've had in your career in the last couple of years, what that's been like, the decision that you had to, to get you there and just all of it so let's you start at the beginning start at the beginning so like most discoveries it came with a big breakup Mm. I was in a monogamous relationship I had been a little bit curious about kink so when the breakup happened I sort of just like went crazy and explored the BDSM world got really into foot modeling because it's a really funny situation to put yourself in and you know comedy and sex work kind of go hand in hand in a lot of ways. So I sort of got into the world thinking, you know what, I'm going to write a book about this, or I'm going to like make a show about this. And then I just realized I was genuinely super into it. And I was like, I don't have to make anything out of this. I could just be a sex worker. So that's kind of how it started. And it is so much fun. And it's more acting than I get to do in my real life. So it's (laughs) amazing. So it's like sort of like, the career I always wanted and didn't know I needed. And when you say foot modeling, what does that mean? So Gabby knows what I'm talking about, but basically it is the foot fetish is the act of being worshipped. So Mm -hmm. you put yourself as a top, one would say, or in a position of power. And basically you shove your foot into people's mouths And you say, you're going to suck on my toes or you're going to worship my feet and you're going to love every second of it. And they really enjoy it. You don't even have to get naked. Just just a naked foot. They'll just go crazy. They'll give you a foot massage for an hour. Like it's just the act of worshiping someone's feet. And they're really into the foot part, but I'm really into the power part. Uh-huh. So that's why I enjoy it. I love sticking my foot into a man's mouth and saying, shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's so fun. And it's hilarious. Like, oh, I can't think of anything funnier. Like, I just love it. Do your clients see the humor in it or do they kind of take it very seriously? Like, what's the dynamic there? Some of them do and some of them don't. There are so many different foot clients. Some people love to be foot slaves where they're Mm. just like, boss me around, spit on me, like, tell me, you know, shut me up with with your foot. Um, Other people are just like, I want you to step on me and trample me. And other people are just like, I want you to giggle, like you're really ticklish. Like there's so many different Mm -hmm. 
parts of it. And the people, the tickle people are the ones who really get a kick out of like, they know it's funny and they want to see you laugh about it too. Mm-hmm. It's so broad. And it's like the people you think would be into foot stuff usually are, but then there's, <laughs> then there's some people that are, you're just like, like you'll see a really hot guy on the street and you'll just be like, there's no, no way. And then he'll be really into it. Yeah. So random. We had a very fun time. We went to something called foot night, which I guess sadly isn't happening now because of COVID. (laughs) I miss it. I miss my footies. I miss them. It was so fun. And like, it was truly wild. Like they just, you're allowed to talk about it, right? They just hand you cash. And like, yeah, it was. So, So what is it? So it's an event. They like rent out like a banquet hall. And this happens in like most cities in America. Yeah. Um, foot night LA, foot night OC, foot night New York. I rolled up to the valet to park my car. And the guy was like, you here for foot night? <laughs> like, just like he's working. He like didn't. Ca- I was like, oh, no, we have to be discreet. And he was just like, yeah, you park over here for foot night. <laughs> <I'm> like, <Yeah. laughs> it's amazing. So it's like $60 to get in for the, the worshipers. Models get in for free. Yeah. But it's 60 bucks cover. You get in and then you pay for sessions with each mm-hmm. model. So a session could be two minutes for $5 or 10 minutes for $20. Mm-hmm. So they could book you for an hour and you'd just be sitting in a booth getting your feet rubbed and you just get a hundred bucks. Like it's we went in and if people, some people pay for rooms and some people just are wandering around doing it. Brie and I were in a room with a dude for like, I don't know, an hour. He was like giving us champagne and we were just talking to each other, just catching up. <laughs> and this dude was like massaging our feet and we were just talking like it it's was amazing. And he just handing us money and we were like, okay. <laughs> And can I just say that Gabby, of course, Gabby found like the one person who wanted to talk about politics. She went (laughs) off with him and just talked to him for like two hours. I was like going from person to person. And she was just like, I love talking to this guy. (laughs) I was just like, of course, you would find just like talk to a person the whole time. Amazing. Yeah, He was like a science teacher at like a middle school. Young guy. I love him. He's so sweet. It was so funny. And then it started just to feel very normal. It is like these guys are so nice and I love their their personalities and they love us. Like they asked about you every time after that. Oh, yeah. so you started to like develop relationships with them through these like nights. And then do they kind of become individual clients that you see separately or how does it work? So you're not supposed to do the meetups outside of it, but is not mm. associated with it, but you can do meetups outside. And that's like more traditional sex work to me is like meeting up with a client at their house or having mm-hmm. them come to you um, and do sessions that way. A lot of them do want to do that. I personally don't do that type of session just because I'm really cautious about stuff like that. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just strictly foot night for stuff like that. But there's one guy who got kicked out of foot night, but he was a tickle person in, <laughs> oh. a foot night, in the foot zone. Like he was like <sighs> doing tickle stuff that was like a fetish, but not the foot fetish. Got it. Got it. So it sounds pretty like heteronormative. Is that that scene? Yes. I would say that the models are like very queer. There's like so many like dominatrixes that are like trans and queer and cool. Like it's like the models are like the coolest, but the (laughs) the clients are definitely hetero men for the most part. I only have like one female foot worshiper online. 
Mm, That's really? It. Even yeah. online, even online where it would be like more accessible or anonymous? Yep. I, I do have a lot more trans clients, not foot stuff though. It's strange. I, I really don't meet a lot of like female foot fetish people. Well, what about in general? Because I remember when I was doing Snapchat stuff, it was a lot of straight men. And then because I wonder, because if it's like my fan base or something, then there was like a little swath of bi men. There was like two or three women. And I was like, always so happy. I was like, hi. (laughs) I know. I know. Getting women is the best. That's why I love when like couples hit me up. I'm just like, Mm -hmm. bye, man. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That must be because of your base, because my base is mostly straight men. Yeah. So can we talk a little about what you do online and and like the broad spectrum of it? And so I started a Patreon in 2018, started a Patreon and I started doing lewd modeling, which is just like top lit. It's like Playboy style modeling. Mm -hmm. So it's not like bent over, not like spreading or anything like that. I don't really show, I don't do full frontal, but um, it's more like topless and bare butt. That's kind of how I got into like the online stuff where it was just like, I mean, I did have a private Instagram account for like foot stuff and that got deleted immediately. Uh, but then the Instagram Patreon, deleted it. Oh yeah. And it wasn't even like anything lewd or crazy. It was just like fetish stuff. So, I mean, obviously it's like, they'll delete you for saying the word man now. So it's like, okay. You know. But um, Patreon was amazing when I started and I have a really great team that helps me because I would not be able to do all the like managing of the Snapchat and mailing out posters and stuff like that. Like I don't have a poster making machine, mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. And then OnlyFans. And it's basically just, I mean, I've been doing customs for a while, which I consider to be more of like the sex work aspect of it. Like I'll make videos for people that are like, can you dress up like a grandma and take your tits out and like t- wish me happy birthday? Uh-huh. And I'm like, absolutely. Love it. Love it. <laughs> like weird shit like that. And that's like sort of where I, you know, thrive in that zone. But Patreon and OnlyFans have really like stepped up. Although I hate OnlyFans. Like everyone hates OnlyFans. It's like so glitchy and terrible and racist. I will prove that one day. I really will. What do you mean? A lot of creators of color get pushed down in the algorithm and just don't get seen. And I and I can't prove it yet. I just know from what other creators have told me. But one of these days when we can like prove it or when some sort of article comes out, I will jump ship. Like I we all want to jump ship to something else. Like the second something else becomes available, we're all jumping ship. Like just wait one of these days. But Patreon accepts sex workers and like they they don't say that they do, but yeah. they do. They do. Yeah. But whenever it gets brought up, like I know some people who have gotten deleted from Patreon as well for doing like the full nude stuff. So yeah. I don't know. They're they're all bad. But it's all because of credit card processing companies. It's not even Correct. it's like the liability. It's not even that they are anti sex work. They just like legally can't tie themselves to it. Oh, is that really what the issue is? Can you explain that a little bit? Well, I think the credit card processing companies, they're the ones who are really in charge of everything. It's like why the Bella Thorne thing, like really Mm -hmm. fucked up OnlyFans because the credit card processing takes so long to process certain payments that other people get like, not demonetized. They get like their payments taken away basically, or they get their accounts like stalled. But the credit card processing companies 
they legally cannot accept money for sex work because it's not Mm. legal. So here's what never made sense to me. I'm selling like a photo or a video. Like what if you bought, what if you bought a Playboy? It never made sense. Like if you bought a Playboy, how is that different from a picture of me topless that I'm selling that you buy a Playboy off eBay? Or just like a a porn video. I don't understand. Because like, okay, it's illegal in person, but like, but like, I just didn't understand why I wasn't allowed to sell like products or like merch, you know? Yeah. I mean, look at what happened with Pornhub. They got wiped out. Like all of their clips have been like deleted for the most part. And credit card processing companies are not partnering with Pornhub or any sort of porn account anymore because of that reason. I don't know why, like, I couldn't tell you why. I just like, I agree with you. I think it's art. You're selling art. Yeah. There's no difference between being a photographer selling a a naked model and being the naked model selling a photo. Oh, because you're selling it yourself. Suddenly you're in trouble. But if a guy took a photo of you and sold it, then that's like art. Totally. I mean, a lot of like photographers on Instagram don't get deleted and can post like female nipples. But if Mm -hmm. the female posts her nipples, it gets taken down. I see it all the time. I mean, the credit card processing companies don't want to be liable. I think it comes with like the sex trafficking stuff, which is separate from Mm -hmm. porn, from being a porn creator. Mm -hmm. And these laws that are put into place are supposed to be protecting sex workers, but they are really doing the complete opposite. Mm -hmm. Um, It's making it so that we really are just getting pushed off of all platforms and we don't have a voice at all. I had a lot of trouble with PayPal and figuring out how to get paid. And then I'm banned from Venmo. I have like a lifetime ban from Venmo because of sex work. Yeah. No way. Yeah, I got deleted off of Cash App. So I (laughs) I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to get paid for things. So Patreon takes care of that. Yeah, these sex work platforms can take care of it for you. My trick is to start a business, a fake business for PayPal. Mine was the face serum business. Oh, the face serum. Yeah, Um, which was legit at first. But then I was like, oh, I'll just use this to, you know, whenever someone buys a custom clip from me. Can you explain a little bit what you're talking about? Okay, so you start a business, a PayPal business account. And basically, when someone sends you a payment in the description, they should write like, oh, I'm buying five face serums or whatever your business may be. That way it doesn't look as sketchy. I still haven't gotten deleted from PayPal, knock on wood. And I've been doing this for like three and a half years. Mm -hmm. So try that. If you get kicked (laughs) off of Venmo or Cash App, try that. I made a fake website with fake signed posters of me. And then I would say put poster or signed poster in the description. And then when PayPal came to me and started like being like here under investigation, I was like, oh, no, 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 no. And I would send them the fake merch website and be like, they're buying posters. Did that work? Yeah, but the posters did not exist. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's so shitty. I don't like being this shady. Like, I am a very open person. It shouldn't be this way. It's not fair. Mm -hmm. Things are going to change soon. I just know it. Like, I have a good feeling about it, about sex work really coming out. And I mean, look at the way it happened over the pandemic. So many people became sex workers. So many people rely on that income. Mm-hmm. Um, the government was no help. So we had to take it into our own hands. And now we're humongous. Everybody mm-hmm. has an OnlyFans pretty much. 
Mm-hmm. Um, even if they're not doing like full sex work, just bikini pics, like mm-hmm. you could do anything. I consider like regular modeling to be sex work, but that's a whole different story. <laughs> How did the people in your life respond when you started to kind of make that transition from comedian to sex worker? Not well. <laughs> <laughs> people really don't like it, even though it's not them. They don't have to do it. They, but people are really anti sex work. My family is very cool and progressive. However, my mom and dad were not chill. We had to go to like family therapy because of it for a while. Really? Yeah. My dad and I kind of stopped talking for a while. And then we got together with my therapist, who was the best. And she sort of convinced them that I was being safe about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I tell my mom every like my mom wants to know. She doesn't want to know, but she really wants to know. <laughs> so, um, so she'll ask me a question like, do people send you like shoes and stuff? And I was like, yeah, mom, I got some Louboutins last month. She's like, no way. So <laughs> just sent that to you. What did they want? What did they want in return? And I was like, nothing. They just nothing. nothing. I got Beats. I got Beats headphones. I got yes. makeup. I got like uh, people would just buy you. They just wanted to buy you things. Like the card that came with the shoes was just like, I am nothing. It literally said, I am nothing. <laughs> and so when I got, when I got I the shoes, it. I was like, thanks for nothing, nothing. Like, it's just like, so, I don't know. It's so weird and funny. It's funny. We're saying funny not to make fun. We're saying funny in like I it to me, it was so lovely to see the broad swath of humanity. Like it was so it made me like people more because I was like, oh, my God, everyone is just a person. Everyone is just like like a base id animal in a certain way. Like it made me like people in my average daily life, like at the coffee shop in the bagels or whatever, like more. I had such an appreciation for these guys who were just going after what they wanted. Totally. And it makes you realize everybody has a thing. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't have a thing, that is your thing. Like, <laughs> that, like, And that's crazy. And the craziest thing that I learned through this whole experience was foot fetish is the number one fetish in mm-hmm. the world. Like, you know how people are like, I'm a boobs person. I'm a butt person. It's foot. It's like foot. <laughs> But people are 61 percent like that's yeah. how that's how big like this guy at foot night told me he's like I was like I didn't realize foot fetish was so humongous and he's like when you walk out on the street if you wear like a low-cut top and like strappy sandals walk down the street and see how many men look at your feet instead of your cleavage and I was like okay I'll try that it's insane <laughs> everybody looks at your feet yeah Wow. Everybody. I think you're still a comedian and sex worker and it goes together. So we were talking about, yeah, people in your life. Like the one thing I struggled with is like people just leaking stuff. Yeah. How does that affect what you do? And also how does that bother you? It doesn't bother me as much as it did when I started. I think for the most part, I would, I was just confused because I would make a custom for someone and I'd be like, you bought that for yourself. Like yeah. it's not, I, and I made that for you. I didn't make it for everybody. Yeah. But now I've sort, I'm sort of of the mindset that everything I make will get leaked. So mm-hmm. I try to make it as good and as sexy as possible just in case. Yeah. But I do have to pay, I have to pay monthly service to scrub videos basically from Reddit. Oh. I have a team that is like literally anytime I get a link for something, they will wipe it. It's like 300 bucks a month. It's crazy. It's like not fair. And so why do you do that? 
Well, I do still do acting and comedy and stuff like that. And I wouldn't say that I'm like an NC-17 person. I always consider myself like R-rated, but I just don't want it to affect my chances of not getting a role. Mm -hmm. But I'm starting to care less and less as it goes on because for some strange reason, I've gotten more acting jobs since starting sex work than I have in a lot, like before that. It's Really? really weird. Yeah. On your Instagram account, you're showing these images like you kind of promote yourself as a sex worker on your socials. Yeah. And and the work that I'm getting is like, it's not even like crazy, sexy roles. It's just like regular roles. But it's but the projects aren't like, you know, PG or anything. It's like, yeah. you know, we can curse and <laughs> I don't know, be sexy. But it's so strange. I think it has to do with like the body confidence level that comes from being a sex worker, mm-hmm. developing the confidence because I never had that until I started sex work, which is weird. There's like something for everyone. And the people that love your body type will flock to you and appreciate you and worship you no matter what you look like, no matter what size you are. It's kind of amazing. Like shitty to say that like the self-confidence didn't start from within. It started from without like, on the Mm -hmm. outside and like through other people. But I mean, it's true. It just kind of developed that way. And circling back to like with your parents, have they kind of come around on it? Like, is your relationship with your dad a bit better? Like, is it something you guys just don't talk about or? Yeah, it's that. (laughs) It's like, we're totally great. My family and I are super close now. I literally do not talk about what I do at Mm -hmm. all to my dad. Mm -hmm. Like we just don't talk about it at all. Yeah. Is that hard? Sometimes because I want to share like exciting news, but then I'm like, this is inappropriate. I can't say it. Like, this is something I had to talk to, like work on with my therapist because I'm such an oversharer. <laughs> and she's like, she's like, I think you kind of enjoy pissing off your parents. And I'm like, I do. I should stop <laughs> doing that. <laughs> like, that's like a high school thing that I used to do. I need to stop doing that as an adult. So I just, we just talk about traditional acting stuff and that's about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But my sister, my sister, She's a teacher, so she can't really associate herself with me, which I totally understand. But she always wants to know, like, the hot dogs. <laughs> She'll always call me and be like, tell me everything. <laughs> Your boyfriend, who I went to high school with. <laughs> I know. So weird. What are, like, his feelings on it? He is, like, the best. He loves it. He's such a feminist. Does he help with stuff? He's my OnlyFans boyfriend. Like, he'll film stuff for me. <laughs> he'll just be there, like, with a video camera, like Amy Poehler and Mean Girls. Like, yeah, go you. Um, it's amazing. <laughs> He's, like, very supportive. Get a boyfriend so that someone can film your sex work. And that's, yes. that's, a, little, that's a hot tip. <laughs> yes. And he, like, he's so excited about it. Because, like, he gets to do, like, some hot stuff for it too like his hands will be featured in videos like mm-hmm. he, like he's not he's an actor so he doesn't really want to be like in that world but mm-hmm. he'll he'll be he'll definitely be part of it but he is like so supportive of it which is sort of the first time i've i've dated somebody who is like really supportive of it mm-hmm. so it's been really great were you already doing it when you started dating yes i had been doing it for probably like 10 months at that point mm-hmm. when we started dating so do you yeah. think that maybe that helped and that like, it was sort of like, this is already my world, like to take it or leave it kind of thing? Definitely. I think so. I, I definitely stopped doing things like sugaring, like sugar dating mm-hmm. when I met him. But other than that, everything else was pretty chill. <laughs> yeah. 
Where did those yeah. clients come from? So the sugar daddies were from Seeking Arrangement. Nice. And sugaring is so much work. It is like, I mean, all of sex work is a lot of work. Very exhausting. Sugaring, sugaring is a whole other level because now you're like making arrangements to someone to be their therapist, essentially, and like their sex buddy and like go at, hang out with them all the time. <laughs> Yeah. It's just a lot of work. And, but some of the, some of the sugar daddies are like really hot, like young and hot, but they're so exhausting. Their personalities are so exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I only miss it a little. I just miss the, you know, the purses and the shoes and all that shit. <laughs> yeah. It is a lot of therapy. You kind of taught me like, if they're not paying, then don't talk. So like, it yeah. was a lot of, people that wanted to just chat and like tell me about their lives. And I had to sort of steer the conversation to like, okay, but like you, you know, you have to let's pay for this sort of thing. They would pay for like me to be like, I'm sure, you know, me to be like, good morning, beautiful. Have a great day at work. Or like, you know, like Mm -hmm. how was work handsome, like girlfriend stuff. Yeah, they want they want the girlfriend experience without being in a committed relationship. Right. Mm which that's chill with me. Great. Yeah. They want to feel like everyone wants to feel like someone cares about them, you know? So like when they get off work, they want someone who's like, oh, that sounds hard. Like, are you okay? Yeah. Yeah. Some of them had real wild jobs. I was very like, it's all over the, I mean, we said like middle school science teacher, but it's truly all over the place. Yeah. One, one person could be like, a CEO of Google and the yeah. next person could be like, I am a bus driver. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's wild. It is wild. And so can we talk a little bit about like the creativity involved in like creating just so much content, right? Because like I see your photo shoots on Instagram and like they're so beautiful and creative and like, you know, being someone who's had to like create weekly content, different type of content for YouTube, like it can be exhausting to feel like you have to have new stuff all of the time. Like, how do you come up with these ideas for all of your photo shoots? It's funny because the the elaborate photo shoots that I spend a lot of time planning, going shopping for the props and whatever, and hiring like a great photographer and the makeup artist and whatever, those don't even do as well <laughs> as me taking a grainy selfie on the carpet, the gross carpet. Like, it's so crazy. I love doing the elaborate photo shoots. That's like a big part of like why I do this, just because I get to be creative and make pretty things. Yeah. But, but they don't even care. <laughs> like, no one even cares about that. Like, the Instagram part of me and like the people who follow me on Instagram love it. But like on every other platform, they're like, just show me a grainy picture of your butt and I'll be happy. <laughs> so it's like how when you, when you work so hard on a TikTok. No, I work so hard on a TikTok and nobody gives a shit. And then like one thing that I posted where I I gave like advice about college, but I have like the biggest zit on my forehead that has like a million views. What the fuck? I know that like the work. So the workflow level is like, it's more like me taking like grainy selfies all day and making customs in this Mm -hmm. room right here with the lights and whatever. That's like the more everyday making customs and the photo shoots are once a month, I plan a big one and put a lot of effort into it and hope that people like it. But it's more for me. I really like doing the cool, intricate photo shoots. 
and I like the way they turn out and I can, you know, make a folder one of these days of like my work. Like I'm not like, I like to pretend I'm on America's Next Top Model. <laughs> like I'm like, here's my portfolio. Um, it's so funny. Cause like growing up, my mom would always say, and this is like no dig at my mom. She'd just be like, you could never be a model. Like she always said, like, I mean, it's true. It was true. She's like, you know, you're not tall enough. You're not skinny enough to be a model. You could be a face model. She would always say you could be a face model. <laughs> what, what is, is a face model? Why would this even come up? You know, I think she wanted to set realistic expectations for me. <laughs> and she was wrong. She was wrong. Now I'm yeah. a model. Yes, you are. And a small business owner. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But none of y'all got the PPP loan or whatever from from COVID. Like none of you were able to get sex workers were not able to get like relief during COVID. No. No, not for the most Even part, though no. you're doing a lot of small business type work. Like the brief yeah. time that I was doing it, I had like Excel spreadsheets. I mean, keeping track of who asked for what and who to give what to was like it's like the work of a small business. It is. I spend three hours a day answering messages. Yep. And mm -hmm. like keeping track of like, okay, I have to make this custom. I have to make like 50 customs by the end of the week. It's like that mm -hmm. type of thing. Wow. It's like you have to write down their name to make sure. And like there's username and everything just to make sure you don't forget who it mm -hmm. is. Because the websites like OnlyFans and Patreon, they do a really bad job at like letting you type in someone's name and finding the person. It's right. like very weird. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's like glitchy in that way. It's a lot of work. I'm trying to get the audience to understand, like, imagine the exhaustion of like talking. You have to let's say you're talking to like 50 people and you have to act like that's the only person you're talking to. And you yes. have to remember things about their life and care. I had to like have them, you know, like with like, OK, this is like so and so he lives here. He just so that like they feel like they're the only like it is the exhaustion of like being an extrovert or whatever. But you know what yes. I mean? It's just like, what did we talk about last time? And how do I, it is so much work. You are juggling like so many people at once. Like that, yeah. that's what they don't realize. And they get so offended when you don't remember one specific detail. And you're like, I am sorry. I want to remember everything, but there's, I'm talking to 300 people at mm -hmm, the same time. Like mm -hmm. you have to cut me some slack. Gabby, when did you stop? And why did you stop? maybe like a year ago because or maybe a little bit yeah maybe a little bit more than a year ago I was mostly because Mal lived in New York so we were I was traveling a lot to go see them and so a lot of times I would have <laughs> I would have the guys pay for me to go to New York <laughs> so I could yeah, visit baby. so I could visit Mal all the time and so I would have them go to New York uh and then I stopped because I just was like tired and I got so bored and I was like, it was, was like so repetitive. And like, I just was like yeah. bored by these, these guys. And I, I don't know, I sorry to this man, but I just was like, you know, I just got really like exhausted by talking to all of these people. And um, it felt repetitive to me because I'm, I guess, not as creative as you. <laughs> I wasn't as dedicated. Before we move on, do you ever think that that you will like use this as as fodder for a book or for a screenplay or for something I have too many amazing stories to not. Yeah. Like there, and it's just so broad that people don't really realize like sex work is, is an umbrella for everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's just so many fetishes and so many like people I've met that are so interesting. I have to like I have to make something out of this. Truly. Do you write it down? Do you kind of like keep notes and journals or anything? 
I do. I have, I also have like a lot of screenshots from like weird shit people ask me to do, crazy shit people say to me. Like I could release a whole book just of screenshots. That would be, that would be interesting. Amazing. Yeah, yeah that <laughs> I mean, would be interesting. You know what's funny? And, and you're talking about it being an umbrella. I used to think this like when I was doing it and then some like actress or or some person that I knew would post like like a bikini picture where you could see their feet. My like brain would go, no, don't give that away for free. What are you doing? I know. But then they judge sex workers. But I'm like, but you're just you're not even getting paid. You're just putting that online. You're not even getting paid for it. Totally. Totally. You could charge for that. I say that yeah. to my roommate. My roommate will post like something where her feet are showing. And I'm like, Drew, people will get pay for you. Do not give the feet away for free, baby. Stop that. True. <laughs> yes. Do you, yes. Know, do you know what I shouldn't give away for free, but I do? Hypotheticals. <laughs> <laughs> Stick oh around after the break. We'll be playing America's favorite game show. hypotheticals brie and gabby you are going to be my contestants i'm going to give you a series of hypothetical situations you can ask as many clarifying questions as you want then you would tell me what you would do in those situations and then i get to decide whose answer i like the best if i like any answers if i want a winner if i want a loser if i want to be the winner myself i get to win Oh, I'm sorry. Wait, now the rule is you get to win? Maybe. Maybe I'll be the winner. I don't okay, know. Well, that's brand this new. Is, this is some bratty top stuff. That would be perp- like, I don't know why you're not a dominatrix, Allison. You'd be so good at it. Like, truly. Also, let's. I love this game. <laughs> you know, I life is long. I don't know where it's taking me. Okay. Like, and she doesn't have to touch anyone. She just could just be like in leather yes. tell, yelling at people. Honestly, Allison, yes. this might be your calling. I'm not True. I'm not saying no to anything at this point. Literally in my life. tell people to clean your apartment. Like, <gasps> they, like there are there are men that are just like, I want to be like your your slave and just like clean your house for you. You yep. should just have that. I have to say that all the time when I think when I have when I worry about money, I go, Well, I have my feet as a backup. Your feet are gorgeous. Thank you. I know. So you so but stop giving them away for free. No, but yes. I, I know that I know that if I ever really run into trouble that I'll just do feet work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Our first game is America's favorite game show. Would you stay with this cheater? Your partner of 27 years has mastered lucid dreaming and is able to control their dreams. You find out for the past month they have been going to bed super early so they can spend all night in a dream relationship with Jillian Anderson. Ooh. Oh, wow. They are now sleeping upwards of 13 hours a day. Would you stay with this cheater? Oh, my God. You had to pick the one person who's like, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. I would stay. You would stay? How do I get to be part of it? You can't be part of their dream. I would just do my own. I would just be like, teach me how to lucid dream so I can just like sleep next to you and do my own thing. No, you can't learn. You're not capable of it. I'm sorry. Okay. I have a lot of sexy dreams anyway, and I sleep a long time. So I feel like we could make it work. (laughs) Well, 
13 hours a day. I mean, what's their job? Like 13 hours a day. Like we. They don't have a job. You support them. Okay. Ooh. 20, but it's 27 okay, years. Okay, that changes everything. 27, 27 years. is a long time to be with somebody. I'll stay. I'll stay. What else am I doing? <laughs> I mean, if I'm financially supporting them and they want to go off with a dream person, that's not okay. I don't know. That changes everything. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I just got really I was just like you know what honestly after 27 years I'll probably be like leave me alone like I I would love I would love 13 hours by myself you know what I agree with Gabby I do agree with that you guys have been all over the place on this one. I know, I know. Let them have it. If it was a partner for like six months I'd be like okay you gotta go but 27 years it's like you know what I got I got TV shows to watch I got things to do it works out better yeah. for you, actually. Yeah, it does. Yeah. They start exclusively calling you Jillian by accident, though. I mean, that's fine. That's okay. As long as it's her. I'm not like just her. Can I ask them to call me Scully instead? Ooh. Okay. All right, then I'm saying. <laughs> Fair enough. Good answers, everybody. I just get all the plastic surgery to look like her no you're beautiful don't change <laughs> no as you're okay, making Gabby, your appointment for more filler i'm yeah. getting more filler but i'm not changing my whole face okay god i love filler i love oh, filler bless it bless it oh i don't have to do a surgery i can just get a little zhuzh oh, great we really missed out on committing to each other <laughs> oh my god no we could do filler dates. I know. Oh. Can I, I say something? I just need to go on an anecdote. Okay. Okay. So before Mal and I were dating, mm-hmm. I set Brie and Mal up on a date with each other. Wait, my- really? Yes. yes. Why did you do it was this? A good date. It was you a were good in date. love with Mal. And Brie. Oh, you were. But yeah, for and my, for my in my brain, because I was in a relationship. So in my brain, I said, okay, my two crushes will just date each other. And okay. that way I don't have to worry about it. Why? And then when you're out of the relationship, you can get in on our relationship. Yeah, kind of. Well, I was like, you know what? They'll be busy with each other. Then I don't have to worry about someone else stealing them. Like, this is this is smart. <laughs> you, this is galaxy brain shit over here. You so can then, keep tabs on them easier. Correct. So then uh, they went on a date. They had a lovely time. Mm-hmm. And then. But they it was Mal in went, real life, though. Yeah, they went on a date. Because oh, Mal was in L.A. or something. Visiting L.A. Mm-hmm. Well, Mal was, Mal was visiting. Mal was visiting stomach issue. (laughs) And that's like the only reason I didn't kiss them. (laughs) They're always having a stomach issue. But Mal Mal was like, Mal was coming to LA and we were friends. And they messaged me and said, set me up with someone hot when I'm in LA. (laughs) And I was like, okay. And I sent them a list of Instagrams and they were like, Brie. And I was like, great, I'll make it happen. (laughs) Then Mal had to go back to New York. So mm-hmm. like I wasn't dating. Then I got out of my relationship that I was in and then you and I hooked up or were. Mm-hmm. And then I started <laughs> and then I started dating Mal. So then Mal was like, tell Bria I say hi. Yeah. Was, I mean, everything turned out great. Everything turned out how it was supposed to turn out. You know what I mean? And then Bri ended up with someone that I went to high school with. Everything's perfect. And that's life, baby. Oh so incestuous and i love it i wouldn't have it any other way yep that's like a real trust thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's called queer community baby yeah yeah 
Oh, I do it. have to say, I've never felt more like a third wheel on my own podcast than I do today. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Allison, Gabby and I both have tried to hook up with you. You're just not That is it. true. Also, can I just say that I was like going to Bree's house to hook up with her and Bree was like, oh, I'm actually at dinner with my dad. Do you want to come meet me and my dad at dinner? And I was like, okay. And so I went and I had dinner with Bree and her dad before and we went and hooked up. My dad was like weirdly trying to get us drunk. Like it was weird. Yeah. He was like, it was so such a weird. He was like, I really like Gabby. <laughs> She's really great for you. Like that type of thing. I was like, Dad, this is weird. Don't. This was right before <laughs> the amazing. first time that we were gonna hook up, and I went and had dinner with you and your dad, and then we went and had sex. Great. And I was too drunk. I was like very drunk, and I was like, Oh no, she's gonna think I'm like really, really bad. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, it was great, but I mostly just like was like saying it was so funny because like you were like the ins- the chaos of you being like, oh, do you want to come have dinner with me and my dad first? And the chaos of me being like, absolutely, I do. <laughs> so funny, so funny. God. Wow, my dad is so cool in that way. He like, was great. Yeah, he doesn't like. He loves like he's so invested in who I'm dating, but he does not <laughs> want to know about like my work at all. Yeah. Oh my god. Well that's that's the stigma that just shouldn't be there. But it's yeah. hard it's hard to break down. So Allison, come up with a better hypothetical than that <laughs> than our real lives. That's very rude. <laughs> I come up with good hypotheticals and I work really that hard on one. them. The twenty seven years threw me. The twenty seven years really threw yeah. me. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. Okay, our next hypothetical. Is this person an alien or just rude? Okay. <laughs> While going over your blood test results, your doctor makes a face. You ask, what is it? And they reply, it's better if you don't know (laughs) before taking your chart and shredding it. (laughs) Is this person an alien or just rude? That person should be sued for malpractice. But that's That's not the question. You're right. You're right. (laughs) Is that person rude or they're rude? They're rude. That's not how you handle that situation. They're an alien. You just said they were rude. (laughs) I know. know. This is hard. I don't think they're an alien. I just think they're rude. Gabby. I don't know who else would do that. They had a shredder in their office. A huge one. Took up half the room. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) I think they're rude because they have this shredder. So they must be doing this to a lot of people. Yeah. Rude. Actually, they're incredibly kind because there's been studies that prove that if you don't know you're sick, you're more likely to live longer. Oh, yeah. That's like the whole plot of The Farewell. Yes, it is. Love that. I love that movie. Um, Shook. (laughs) That is crazy. I mean, you're right. Yeah. The less I know, the better. But if it's like terminal, I want to know. Do you? So, yeah, you're. Yeah, because I can like skydive and shit. When I said when I said studies, I meant this one story that a movie was based on. <laughs> also, let me just say something. When you go, well, I, if it's terminal, I want to know so I can do what I want. Maybe life's terminal. We're all dying slowly. You know what I mean? Uh, okay. Do what you want Listen. anyway. Do what you yeah, want I'm anyway. I'm not going to skydive unless I know that the end is near. The end is always How here, baby. Do We're people mortal. die skydiving. <laughs> Probably a lot. It's more just that it feels like it would feel terrible while it was <gasps> happening. Did you guys watch the last season of The Bachelor? Yes. Yeah. They, the skydiving incident? 
Oof. where she landed on her face. Oh, yeah. that's awful. That's oh. a rough one. That was a terrible season. Everyone yeah. just so bad. They just emotionally tore everyone down and then slammed yeah. her face into the crowd. Yeah. Oh my God. Our final question. Mm. Is this a date? Mm-hmm. You arrive at your friend's wedding solo since you are currently single and not given a plus one. Okay. Mm. You run into a mutual friend who you have always gotten along with who is also there alone. They sneakily switch up the seating assignments so you can sit at the same table. Is this suddenly a super romantic date? Are we sitting next to each other or just at the same table? Next to each other. I don't think it's a date, but I think it is really romantic. Not a date. Not a date? Two people have to like say, yeah, let's go out. That's not the rules of is this a date. What okay. are the rules of this is a yeah, date? Yeah, what, what are the rules? What are the rules of this game? The rules of this is a date is that that the social construct of a date is so understood by society <laughs> that if one person initiates a date, the other one has to have the wherewithal to understand that they have entered into a binding agreement of a date. Damn. That's the rule? Yes. Okay, so the so, question of this game is, has the person initiated the <gasps> binding contract of a date on you or not? No, it's not a date to me because unless you say, hey, I manipulated the seating chart to be specifically next to you. This is now a date. Then I'd say, yeah, hell yeah, this is a date. <laughs> then it becomes a date. But at someone else's wedding, unless you invite a plus one, you're single. Then if Bree is on this date, but then, like, the waitress comes over and she's hot. Then Bree's, mm-hmm. what, stuck on a date? Can't make a move on the wedding waitress? That's fucked up. Yes, I agree. I agree. It's fucked up. Okay. So Weddings it's not- are free-for-all. Ain't no rules at a wedding. You yeah, can hook I don't up with anybody. Yeah. Not a date so romantic. Unfortunately, that person was your soulmate. And by not entering into the, into the binding contract of it being a date, you let them get away. Damn. Well, How's you that know? feel? Okay. Could I still hook up with this no. person at the wedding? No, because they um, they felt rejected by you not entering into the binding contract of a date. Wow. And you and you went home with the waitress. Who is what's okay, my relationship I mean, with her? Tumultuous and ultimately <laughs> heartbreaking. Damn. <laughs> You are ruthless. I'm glad I got to go home. You know what? It's a win-win. I get to go home with a hot waitress. Yeah. But it's it's a lose-lose. It's a (laughs) lose-lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then she does ruin your life. Wow. Yeah. I mean. How hot is she? (laughs) Average. Um, Still still acceptable. (laughs) Wow. Wow. She can still ruin my life. (laughs) Wow. If a girl is average, she can ruin my life. If a guy is average, no thanks. <laughs> oh my God. I would agree with you, except I've so many average looking men have ruined my life. <laughs> Same. I know. What a curse. That's right. I say no more. What a curse. Oh, yeah. uh, anyway, wow. That was a really rousing game of hypotheticals, Allison. Thank you. 
I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. I loved it. So speaking of loved it, we like to end the episode by asking our contestants to rate their experience being on the podcast. Um, you, If you could get, create your own scale of rating and then also let us know uh, how, how you felt being a guest and if you have any constructive criticism. Okay, I'm going to do the wiki feet rating system. Amazing. Oh, perfect. So, so that's out of five. Mm-hmm. So I would say the feet of your podcast are five out of five. Woo! Yeah, I would come back. Um, I would recommend this to people. It's a lot of fun. The hypotheticals, I love playing that game. Um, I know you're a stickler for the rules, which I appreciate. Every every podcast needs to have somebody who reigns it in. So That's true. I appreciate that. Maybe I'm a little biased because I know you both outside of this realm, but... I love JBU, obviously. Like, I'm never going to, like, disparage it in any way because it's so fun. Oh, yay. Thank you. Thank you so much. And where can people follow you and find you and pay for customs? Okay, you can find me on social media at Brie S. Rig. And then if you want to follow my Patreon and OnlyFans, it's Lil Summer Ho. L-I-L. just a dumb name. L-I-L Summer Ho. Summer Oh, yeah. love it. Yeah. Thank you to Brie Estrig for being our guest. Just Between Us is a Forever Dog production. Hosted by me, Allison Raskin. And me, Gabby Dunn. Produced by Melissa D. Monts. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Brendan Burns composed our killer theme music. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcast on YouTube at youtube.com slash foreverdogteam or youtube.com slash justbetweenusshow. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Forever Dog Team to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news. And please leave a podcast review for this podcast if you love us. Go to Apple Podcasts, go to the bottom. It says review, click five stars, and then write us a beautiful review. It can even just be like good podcast. You know what I mean? But just leave a review, please. It really helps us. Please. (laughs) Forever. Forever.